Welcome to the Million Dollar Multi-Op Podcast. Here, you're going to find education, entertainment, and a little inspiration on how to get to the next level. Are you a DJ company owner that's looking for the secret sauce? Congrats, you found it. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm David Osborne, your host with BlueprintLearn.com, and today we've got a special treat, my good friend, Matt Radicelli. You may know Matt from Rock the House in Cleveland, Ohio, Matt Hatter with his disco helmet on at multiple conferences over the past year, slaying some competitions, and most famously recently, mentor pods here in the uh, business community and the DJ community. So welcome, Matt. Thank you for having me, David. I appreciate it. Yeah. Ooh, sound effects. You didn't tell me there was going to be sound effects. <laughs> the sound effects are AI. They just pop up. They listen to our voice and they pop up. Just actually, it's not, it's not true. Okay. Well, Matt, I, this is a treat because this is a podcast for multi-op owners who are looking to level up, who are looking to increase the size of their multi-op, the success of their multi-op, or even just more work-life balance so they can take their calendar back or, you know, whatever that might mean for them. So I think today's a treat because you are uniquely positioned to help multi-op owners because you're a business coach. and I want to jump right in and offer some immediate value to our listeners and hit you with the first question of what, what, are, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see multi-op owners making, particularly, you know, younger, I don't mean in age, younger multi-op, I would maybe call them compact multi-ops, you know, you're younger on your journey. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm uniquely positioned as a coach because the first 20 years of my career in the DJ space was running a multi-op, right? So I've seen lots of people come in and out of my lives that make some of these mistakes that I wish we could get everybody to avoid. The first one is not necessarily understanding when is the right time to add additional employees because what they can do, you know, as a multi-app owner, we can try to add or hire too early and thus sucking some of the, the valuable currency of the business out of it, which makes it really hard to survive because there's not enough money, you know, to feed all the mouths that we have in the situation. So it's really important to understand that it, you have to wear many hats as a multi-op owner when you're trying to get into that multi-op space. But you have to know that statistically, we want to get to somewhere between $125,000 to $175,000 of revenue before it's generally, and I'm, I'm saying generally, there's probably some outliers out there. Generally, you want to get to that point before it's time to make that first um, nearly full-time hire, all right? And at that point, the mistake that we want to avoid is not learning to delegate early. So I want you to wear a lot of hats, but then as soon as you hit that point, now we got to flip it and teach you how it is to delegate and really trust some people, hire some great people, and then get out of the way. I'd say that's number one. The second thing is not understanding the concept of how overflow uh, bookings work in the entertainment space. When you build a multi-op, generally what happens is the first person, you, you're so good that the phone rings off the hook and you're getting um, you know, Instagram messages like, oh man, you're so great. And the planner is blowing your email up, like whatever it is, it's happening all over the place, okay? If that's not the case and you're trying to build a multi-op, you're gonna have a harder time than other people that follow that path. So what I wanna to explain to you is that the mistake to, I don't want you to make is, you either need to have the absolute best marketing engine that has leads coming out of your ears to give you a fighting chance to build a successful multi-op, but if you don't have that yet, your key, right? The, the like, 
uh, magic pill of the situation is. You just have to be great at what you do to the point that the leads come in over and over and over because the, the overflow is what flows down to the rest of your team until they're amazing and exceptional. That is a major mistake that a lot of people make. The third one is that we don't capitalize on systems and processes early enough. If we don't identify the areas that we need to take all the things that make the business run and make them run smoothly without us and with the least amount of stress early on, all we do is compound the issues later when we wake up one day and realize we've got two or three or five or 20 crews that we're running. Oh, and by the way, we don't have a system for that thing. No, it's a major mistake. So I'd say those are the three things. Wear as many hats as you need to until you get to a certain point, then delegate. That That's all baked into number one. The second thing is you need to understand how overflow actually works and don't take your foot off the gas as a performer. You need to keep it up. And the third thing is capitalize and build those systems and processes as early as you possibly can. Man, straight gold firing in the first five minutes of the podcast. Uh, let's unpack that a little bit. So, you know, number one, our friend... Uh, Jeffrey Craig Cyber, he says, delegate or suffocate. And I think yes. for me personally, over the past maybe 18 months, that has been a mantra of mine. It's something I struggled with for a long time, and I, I can't possibly explain just how how different things are now that I have learned to, get, to delegate. But when you're, when you're taking that first step, when you're taking that first step to delegate to a full-time staff member or even a part-time staff member or even a DJ on the team that you think is fantastic and you want to give some, give some responsibility to, you know, what do you look for? Well, we have to hire or trust the right people to do the right jobs. You've probably heard that phrase, right seat on the bus, you know, or wrong person, wrong seat. You know, if you're looking at it from the other side of things, the delegate or suffocate thing is interesting because our target audience for this podcast today they're really, really troubled in this in this way because they don't know or sometimes they don't have anybody or maybe there's not enough money yet to delegate to. But the key point is that we need to make lists and keep notes about the things that can be delegated and how we identify what that comes to. I think the easiest way to do it if we were, we were trying to boil this down for our kids is to say, what is below your pay grade, right? What's the thing that takes up time in your day that you could probably hire somebody for much less than you're currently making or for... 15, 18, 20 bucks an hour to do or a virtual assistant. And if we keep a running list as we go about our way, you know, every day, every week, every month, and we keep that list running, it starts to form into this thing that becomes the job responsibility or, or, or job description for a part-time employee. And that's a beautiful thing because instead of force feeding it or trying to copy that other person in the industry that you know, that's like, Hey, I just hired an assistant or I just hired a full-time office manager, which by the way is usually BS. But I'm just putting it out there. You find your own way and you just make this list of the stuff that you just don't like doing or is below your pay grade or is sucking up time because you can't go to your kid's soccer game. Then a job description finds it. And then we just have to go find that person. It becomes a lot easier to do that. I... Man, your, your AI is on point. Let's go, AI. It's more, it's more like I-A-N. That's a joke. Wow. You know? It's good. That was good. And and the listeners have no clue what you're talking about. Maybe. They'll they'll have to look at we'll have to do a solo cast with behind the curtain. Um, maybe once we get a hundred thousand subscribers. So in twenty thirty. Uh, <laughs> um when you 
I like the analogy. You talk about the overflow of leads. The visualization I like to use, or the the mental image I like to use of that, is uh, if you you know in movies, particularly unless you're going to some high high end parties, the idea of the champagne glasses. You pour into the first champagne glass, and then it overflows into the ones below it, and the ones below it, and the ones below it. And if that top one stops, you you know you it's a trickle down effect, and that's something that I think a lot of people that are existing multi-app owners that are transitioning into working more on the business than in the business can also experience as well. So I think a lot of listeners might experience that where what happens if you take that first champagne glass away. But I think it's a good visualization, but you just said it too, that you got to have that marketing engine. You got to have that thing that keeps pushing uh, that forward. And then third, let's talk about systems and processes. I don't I, I I don't really know how to tell someone how to create a system in a pretty concise way. Do you? I think I do. I think that, well, first of all, we all have systems. If we take anybody who's a really great entertainer naturally, and then we say, hey, what's your system of uh, how it is that you go set up a job or what's your system of your sales? If if anybody's doing a volume, you know, a, a dozens or a hundred events a year, they have a system. What I'm saying is, have you documented it? Have you taken the time to be interviewed by a friend or a colleague and say, okay, tell me about your system. Let's say step one, I'm on a call with the person. I ask them about them. I do some small talk. I wait for them to ask questions. Like we all have systems for what it is that we do. Some of them were designed. Some of them were learned. Some of them we just tripped into. What I'm saying is that we need to document those things and make them easier to be handed over or uh, uh, compared against or compared and contrasted. So when we hire our next team members, we have... Um, standards. We have things that the measuring stick lean up against in order to say, when you set up your job, this is what it looks like. When you are communicating with your client before the event, let's say like an MC phone call, if if you're the type of multi-op that assigns your DJs um, weeks or months out, this is the pattern of communication. That is the standard, the system. So um, I know the question was, I don't know how to tell somebody simply, you just need to go write it down. And then once we've written it down, we need to test it and make sure that what we wrote down was actually the truth. Because every once in a while we go to make a system, which is, this is bad. And we try to improve what it is that we do because we're writing it down. Like we're trying to be aspirational to make it better on paper. It's a horrible idea because it breaks when you try and test it. It doesn't work the same way that it did. So there you go. Yes, yes. I think the second step is crucial because I think a lot of people probably understand the idea of documenting something or if you tell them hey go write this go write the steps down most people can think through the steps it's the idea of then testing it taking the system that you wrote down and then try to do the thing following your system to see what you left out is kind of the that's the that's the second step that's the second summit i guess there's there's another connection there though you have a hard time just like it's more difficult for us to proofread a letter that we spent a day writing Somebody else needs to proof it because we're too close to it. Systems are really intended to be tested by someone else. So we need to find a friend or a colleague and say, hey, test my system. And let's see if you can end up with that same result. That's how we truly test systems when we're just starting out. I love it. Um, we could probably have an entire an entire three-hour podcast just on system building. Uh Let's let's transition a little bit to talking about, you know, not just the mistakes that multi-op owners make, but the desires that multi-op owners have, which one of them is getting control of a calendar and being able to choose the dates you work. But another one is understanding profitability 
as the jet fuel for the business because without profit, the business doesn't continue. And we'll talk about this in a minute, but I've been in business for, this is my 16th year in business. And for most of it, I don't think I accurately understood the way profit works. I, I think I thought of profit as it's just the money that you have. And I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And so since you're the one who helped demystify the, the full process for me, why don't you kind of just talk us through, you know, maybe third, fourth grade level. What is profit? How does it work? How do you figure out what your profit is? Profit is not a mystery because it's just math, but it is mysterious to a lot of people. And the easiest way to do it, third or fourth grade level, is to think about uh, a client handing you an envelope when you get to your gig, right? As a, as a DJ or as a multi-op owner. And there's a bunch of 20s inside that envelope. And I only say 20s because we're going to have to break that up in a second. And what I want you to think about is that as a multi-op owner, I want you to take that envelope that's got, let's say it's got a thousand bucks in it just for, for round numbers. Now I'll lower that to a thousand in my head. And uh, we're going to pay our DJ staff, let's say 300 bucks out of that. We're going to pay somebody who's, who's DJing and helping us out 300 bucks. We're down to $700. Um, and then we've got some gas cause it took us like a half hour to drive to where we were going. So we're going to take 20 bucks out of there, you know, so we've got 320 bucks of cost out of there. It's going to take us another $80 in additional things. Maybe we bought some music for it. We bought some gaff tape. Um, maybe we had some cold sparks powder, you know, we were put into it. Maybe we got ourselves down to spending a total of about $400 on that job. That's what's known as cost of goods sold or cogs or variable costs. These are the things that I had to pay for just to go do that job. All right. And what I'm left with is out of that thousand bucks, about 600 bucks. That means that my margin on it was about 60%. So the mysterious part about that is we think that what we have sitting in our bank account is actually the profit, but that's not, it's not, it's not that easy because there are costs that it took to drive the business. And those are known as fixed expenses. And those fixed expenses are things like the rent. If you have an office, or maybe you're paying for your monthly subscription for your Calendly or for your CRM or whatever that might be, right? All these things that you have running, they bite away at your fixed expenses on a monthly basis, because those expenses happen whether you have DJ jobs or not. Okay. What you're left with after all of that happens is your profit. And that profit is sometimes um, very confusing. And I think this is probably, we could have, spend a whole lesson on this too. When yeah. you go and get excited and buy yourself uh, a new set of speakers or a DJ controller, or you're going to go buy some new intelligent lighting um, or wh whatever it is, right? People assume that that in itself is uh, a, a way that is, is ex to expense it. And it's, it's easy. And like, Hey, I just bought some stuff. Where does it sit? Well, it's still profit. The thing is that the money that you made that you used to go do that thing is still profit. And unless you understand how to do your taxes a very certain way, you still have to pay tax on that money. So at the end of the day, I'm not trying to be confusing with that last part because that definitely wasn't fourth grade level. Profit is what, we're end, what we end up with after we pay all of our bills. And we have to understand that there's really only a couple things we can do with that money. And if we borrow money, using profit is part of how we pay it back which sounds a little confusing, but like we can't pay debt unless we have profit. We can't take bonuses unless we have profit. We can't pay our taxes. Paying your taxes isn't a tax write-off. And that's confusing in itself. Most people that are listening to our podcasts are like scratching the head right now going, wait a minute, you're kidding me. That check I wrote isn't a write-off? No, it's not. You, you're actually, you're using profit to pay taxes. You're using profit from this year to pay taxes from last year. 
Um, anyways, profit is what you end up with when it's all done, but your bank account doesn't necessarily reflect that. And if you are lucky enough to consistently grow your business and your bank account is increasing, that's great. We all have these like gut instincts and ways that we just make things work. That's awesome. Until you get to the next level, you, until you level up in the next phase of business, that style of running your business may not cut it for much longer. Uh, and everybody who's on this podcast is either looking to grow their multi-op or get into that place because they're growing out of a compact situation into a full-size multi-op. You need to change change how it is we're looking at some stuff. There you go. I've been talking a long time, David. The floor is yours. Young money. <laughs> Young money, that's right. Hey, and... Profit is, you know, I think that's one of the things that I didn't really understand about profit was that so many things that we're paying for are coming out of profit. Profit's not just the money that goes into the owner's pocket. I mean, that can be a part of it, but it's yep. really not. There's so many other components, like you said, asset creation and, you know, or investing in assets, tax money, paying down debt. A lot of that small percentage that's left at the end of that event is still going to something else. So it, being able to track it, being able to pay attention to it, understanding P&Ls and all those different things is clutch. It's crucial to being able to track and know where your money's going. And I think that's actually a great segue to talking about mentor pods. Now, one of the primary reasons I wanted Matt to come on this podcast is uh, the mentor pods program. And I'm going to let Matt kind of share what it is and give you an explanation of what that is. And then I share a little bit about how it's helped me. Cool. Well, we teach small business owners and their core teams how it is that they can double their profits, build systems and processes, and basically improve every single part of their business. The one thing we don't do is exactly what you do, David. We don't teach you how to be a better DJ. We don't teach you how it is to you know, go out the network. What we do is we work on the things that are the missing link for most small business owners and solopreneurs in the difference between being talented and being successful. The things that we do inside mentor pods are all the things that we believe are necessary in order for you to really know that you're going to take those talents and turn it and them into success. So on a weekly basis, we work with business owners and their teams. We teach them very specific lessons, things they didn't even know that they needed to know. And every single week we give them optional exercises to improve what's happening in their lives. All right. So you have uh, experienced the program. You understand that we're going to teach you things like how to install scorecards in your business, having to do with your financials, your sales, your marketing, uh, your operations, your quality control. And we're going to teach you about how uh, to avoid the shiny things, you know, how to avoid all the distractions that are happening around you. And that, hey, everybody listening, you're in a DJ and multi-op situation. 70% of your income is going to come from referrals. And we need to capitalize and make sure that those systems are finely tuned to make sure that we are getting every drop of potential uh, revenue and referrals out of all of our uh, client partners, our family, our friends, our existing clients, past clients, like all over the place. We got to really capitalize on that. MentorPods does that. MentorPods takes 18 to 24 people in a specific pod. We stay together for a whole year, right? You're not just a number. We know your name. We know all about your business. We jump on. We share experiences. We share challenges. We share opportunities. And we talk about how it is that we can best capitalize on all of those items. And it's fun. Uh, I can just say it's, uh, it's a wild ride so far. And everybody enjoys the program. And... Uh, uh, what, what what was it we just released? You, you heard about it? 96% uh, of the people in the program report that they have increased profitability in less than three months. I think that's pretty darn awesome. Um, I don't I don't know what else to say. You, you tell me. Why don't you tell me about your experience in MentorPods and uh, why it's great? 
You tell me. Uh, I want to lead with this. It's, I I thought this came to me while you were talking. Mentor pods is teaching you how to work on your business. So the blueprint and what, what I do and what we do, it's teaching you to work in your business. So it's teaching you the core skills like Matt was saying, but mentor pods is teaching you how to work on your business, which isn't a skill that most DJs have things like management, things like scorecards and tracking your social media engagement and you know how to figure out how much money you're actually making per hour. All of these things are working on the business and that's how you really get the business to the next level. And it's it's been crucial, it's been instrumental, it's been profound, the differences that I had in 12 months of being in the Mentor Prods program. There were a few lessons that I feel like I was already strong in, but that was a small percentage. Most of the things that I was exposed to or learned, there were so many aha, like mind blown moments. I was like, what? You know, just that perspective shift that was huge. And I was in pod one and we came from, you know, an existing group of people and friends. That's the OGs, people that, that came, you know, that were already existing in a little group, the Monday morning meetup that we met every Monday morning just on our own. And then we got, we got sauced up. Basically, we got together with Matt and we're the first pod. And I love the, uh, I love that adage of show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Because uh, uh, some people will say it like, if you hang around five millionaires, you'll be the sixth. But one of the best parts of Mentor Pods is that you are in community with other people that are successful in different ways than you are. And that is your community and is part of your future and helps dictate your path. Um, So that's that's been my experience. You're on fire, man. Uh, The show me your friends and I'll show your future. I just wrote that down because I've heard the quote before, but... Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I'm going to have a conversation later about this concept I have in my brain about your orbit and who it is that's in your orbit absolutely affects and persuades and changes how it is that you think about everything around you. And I've got this holistic approach to learning in, in general about business. And that's that, you know, in the program, neither of us mentioned this yet, but every single week is about something different. So one week we'll talk about sales, then we'll talk about marketing, then we'll talk about systems and process, and then we'll talk about something personal having to do with like time management or work-life balance. And then maybe we talk about um, how it is to build a budget. Like it's different every single week. And isn't that how our business is? It's like we're consistently being hit with things. We're like a, a goalkeeper trying to keep the ball, you know, out of the out of the goal. That's That's how life and business is. And I think we just try and do that. And you nailed it in a group of people that want the exact same thing, which makes it even more enjoyable and even more valuable to us. And yep. uh, yeah, man, good job. We're all trying to cross the stream together, just, you know, but coming at it, coming at it differently. Um, okay, that's a lot of value. I mean, we just packed a tremendous amount of value. I guarantee you learned something you didn't know. And for the one person out of 10,000, that maybe knew everything. Let's get a little bit uh, personal. Matt, tell me what is it? Who's a guilty pleasure artist of yours? Someone that you love listening to? Ooh, guilty pleasure artist. Uh, I'm gonna say that I can go. I can rock out and listen to Stevie Wonder in whatever mood that I'm in. Let me go with Stevie. Is that because he has songs for every? Mood? Maybe songs in the key of life? I didn't know if you were trying to tie that together or not, and I wasn't going to go there and let my face <laughs> tell you that it didn't go there uh, the first time around. But 
I think it's because my dad taught me to DJ, you know, when I was, I was very young and I learned a lot from him and my mom about business and stuff. And I just think that when I think about the, the soundtrack of what's happening, I can generally pick a Stevie song in any given situation, drop it down and like put it over what's happening in life. And it makes me smile. So, um, my, my brain went, went directly to Stevie. I love it. And two more questions. Number one question, what is the only acceptable label of tequila? It's not really what the question is. And I feel like you're trapping me right now with this, with this question. Uh, yes, in life I have. Okay. In your opinion, consumed, I have consumed and prefer to consume. I'm see, I'm moving in my chair here. I'm a little uncomfortable with the question. I prefer to consume Patron silver because my okay. body metabolizes it extremely well. And I can drink anyone under the table as, as we relate to that. So, uh, yes, that was a dare. That was a challenge. If we run into each other or anybody on this podcast ever, there you go. Uh, Patron Silver. There it is. Nice job. Nice job. There it is. Okay, Matt, where can we find you in public at a conference in the next mm, six to eight months? Because I want this to be fairly evergreen. What are some shows that we'll see you at, you know, maybe in 24, at the end of 23 and 2024? Uh I'm consistently, you know, on the circuit, you know, I think that, you know, the shows do a great job of moving, moving presenters around, but this year we're talking uh wedding MBA, uh, cater source, TSC DJ shows like, um, you know, uh, harvest of sound. And then moving into next year, I'll see you guys over at Midwest DJs live and marquee. I mean, like I'm all over the map, uh, DJ X, um, yeah, I, and I'm I, I'm sure I forgot a few of them, but I I work in the circuit. I'm I'm available. Um, I'm easily reachable at any time though. If, if everybody hits up mentorpods.com/blueprint, what I've done is I've put a real quick contact form there. That as soon as you enter your info, I'll send you all of my contact information and know that you you came through this podcast, so I know exactly what it is that you're looking for and and the trying to, trying to information you're you're consuming, so I can help you out. So uh, yeah, man, um, mentorpods.com/blueprint, and we can connect. Great. And we'll put that in the show notes so that if you're driving, that's the way I generally consume podcasts is when I'm driving. So if you can't write it down right now, we'll put it in the show notes so that you got it for later. Uh, one last thing is a lot of the resources that Matt has are next level, are amazing. There are a few also, a few free resources, blueprintlearn.com slash resources. We've got a few free downloads that can help you. A few of them touch on some of the things Matt touched on, like profitability, and also on checklists for your 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 DJs and their skill sets and systems and things like that. So Matt, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I learned a few things listening to you today. So thank you so much. Thank you very much, David. I appreciate it. Thanks.